This episode is powered by Poddex. Poddex are unique interview questions and episode starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So whether you're a new podcaster or existing broadcaster looking to grow your audience and have more meaningful conversations, you're going to want to check out Poddex. Now, if you want to get 10% off your order right now, you can go to poddex.com and type in coupon code, what's the code? Larry21. Yes, that's the code. Check out poddex.com. Take your podcast to the next level. Breakdown, your home for all things Dallas Cowboys news. This week on the Big D Breakdown, we're going to dive into the latest headlines from around AT&T Stadium. But before we do that, we'd like to remind you, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Just search Big D Breakdown. Without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. Starting off with four winners and one loser from the Cowboys' dominant win versus the Patriots. Last week, the Dallas Cowboys were thoroughly embarrassed by the Arizona Cardinals, who knocked them off 28-16. It was a surprise the game was that close since the Cards were just in control from the first snap. They had a chance to wash that taste out of their mouth this week against New England, and that's exactly what they did. Dallas came out firing on all cylinders and even took a 28-3 lead into the halftime. It was the largest deficit Bill Belichick has had at the half in his career and it was the same score they fought back from against the Atlanta Falcons in Super Bowl 51. This time there was no comeback as the Cowboys defense never let up, and the offense continued to play smart and efficient football. That led to a 38-3 win, and we can now look back at the win with the studs and duds, which is heavy on studs and short on duds. Starting off with Jake Ferguson. Heading into the season, Dak Prescott was very eager to see what Jake Ferguson can do as the number one tight end. Ferguson was taking over for Dalton Schultz, who headed to the Houston Texans, but Prescott said Ferguson would be able to rise to the occasion. It took some time as the second-year tight end had just five receptions for 22 yards in the first two weeks, but now he's starting to show the world what he can do. Despite the loss in week three, Ferguson did all he could as he had 48 yards on five receptions. But then in week four, he had his best game as a pro. Ferguson caught all seven of his targets for 77 yards, and that included one where he took a massive hit, but still held on for the first down. With the talented receivers on the outside, opposing defenses are often concerned about getting beat deep. Having Ferguson step up and make the immediate pl- intermediate plays is exactly what they need to keep the chains moving. Cowboys stud, number two, everyone on special teams. Dan Quinn gets a ton of praise on the defense, as a defensive coordinator, and for good reason. There's a lot of focus on head coach Mike McCarthy, especially since he took over play calling this season. But we don't give enough love to John Fassel and his special teams. Ever since McCarthy took over in Dallas, he's been able to rely on Fassel to coach up this unit, and they were great again in week four. Rookie kicker Brandon Aubrey was again perfect, going 3-for-3 on both field goals and extra points. Many of us weren't sure about Aubrey, but they believed in him and he looked brilliant after four weeks. Then there was a 
there was punter Brandon Aubrey, who drilled a 55-yard punt in the second quarter that pinned the Patriots deep. And that was also thanks to a huge tackle from Jalen Tolbert. That wasn't enough. Anger also drilled a 57-yard punt and even threw a completion to Chauncey Goulston for two points. Following the defensive touchdown from Leighton Vanderish, Dallas saw that New England was selling out to block the kick. That led to Anger pulling the ball back and throwing it to Golston, who walked in for the two-point conversion. It was another dominant performance that's easy to forget about during a 35-point win. But it doesn't mean we should take some time to praise this entire group. Next up, our stud, Michael Gallup. Michael Gallup has quietly become a go-to weapon for Dak Prescott this season. After a frustrating 2022 campaign, he looks healthy and has been back to making clutch plays. And he's been one of the first people Dak looks for to start games on the right route. Or right note, excuse me. In week four, Gallup had a 28-yard reception on the second play of the game, moving the ball into New England territory, helping to set up an early field goal. On their second drive, Gallup also made a play that won't show up in the stat sheet. First and 10 from their own 38, C.D. Lamb took a reverse to the right side and gained 12 yards for a first down. Excuse me. One of the main reasons he was able to move the sticks was a great block on the edge by Gallup, who was one of the more selfless players on the team. He continued to prove he's still a reliable target for Prescott throughout the game, including when he caught a 19-yard pass on 3rd and 6 in the 3rd quarter. That moved the chains, and while they didn't wind up punching the ball in for six, the catch from Gallup moved them into scoring range, and they wound up with another three points when Brandon Aubrey knocked in another short field goal. Gallup finished with five receptions for 60 yards on six targets. His play helped open things up for others, and if he continues to play at this level, the Dallas offense is going to be nearly impossible to stop. The Cowboys dud, once again, the red zone offense. There was almost nothing that went wrong for Dallas in this one, except their play in the red zone. Heading into this one, that was a major concern. In their win over Giants in week one, they were three of four in the red zone, but then they were just two of six against the Jets in week two, and one of five against Arizona. Against New England, the Cowboys moved the ball with ease in this game, but when they got into the red zone, things continued to fall apart. They were inside the 20 through 20, three times and were unable to punch it in two of those times. They settled for a field goal from 23 yards as well as one from 33 yards out, which had to be frustrating for Mike McCarthy. Dallas did finally punch one in when Hunter Lupke scored from three yards out late in the fourth quarter. Just a couple plays after Kavate Turpin ripped off a 46-yard run, the rookie fullback powered his way in. Even then, it took three tries to run in the short touchdown. Clearly, there's something that's not clicking for them in this area, and they need to get it figured out with a tough opponent, San Francisco, next next up on the schedule. Our stud, Dayron Bland. Trayvon Diggs was a loss to an ACL tear. The Cowboys defense knew they were going to need some help. The player they asked to take over in his role was second-year defensive back, Dayron Bland, and he's done exactly that. Bland moved from the slot to the outside as Jordan Lewis took his position. In place of Diggs, Bland played well in Week 3, but then went off this weekend. He picked off Mac Jones twice, taking the first one back for a touchdown. That gives him three interceptions on the season, and he's somehow been quietly dominant since being drafted in Round 5 last season. 
Leon led the Dallas defense with five picks in 2022, and now with his three this year, he has the most in the NFL since entering the league. Bland has been fortunate enough to play on a very talented defense, which is why the ball is up for grabs so often. The front seven continues to get after the quarterback, and while they end up with just two sacks this week, they were again in the face of Jones and Bailey Zapp all afternoon. Even with the ball being forced out that quickly, Bland deserves praise for putting in the work. He's clearly studying Phil and has a strong understanding of where the ball is going. He's gambling at times, which is what good cornerbacks do and it continues to be smart gambles. And now we're going to discuss three Cowboys players who silenced their critics in the demolition of the Patriots. How's that for a round rebound performance? The Cowboys have seldom lost back-to-back games under McCarthy, and that narrative will surge forward after they demolished the New England Patriots by a score of 38-3. The red zone struggles reared their ugly head, but they're reaching the red zone at a ridiculously high rate. It stands to reason that the Ford touchdown percentage will eventually sort itself out. Let's not harp on the negatives after that performance, though. The Cowboys dominated in all three facets. Dak Prescott was surgical, yet again the defense added two more touchdowns to its collection. And punter Brian Inger even tossed a two-point conversion to defensive lineman Chauncey Golston. Fans couldn't ask for much more coming off an ugly loss, it was a collective effort from the entire roster, but these three Cowboys in particular silenced their critics in a big way. Starting if number three, Neville Gallimore. The entire Cowboys defensive front showed out defending the run, as Ramondre Stevenson and Ezekiel Elliott combined for 46 yards on 20 carries. That said, Neville Gallimore feasted against the Patriots' interior defensive line. It unfortunately won't show up on the box score, but the 2020 third-round pick flashed on multiple occasions throughout the game. Granted, this defense is loaded, but when was the last time Gallimore was one of the Dallas' standout players on defense? It's been a while, but Gallimore's critics don't have a leg to stand on after Sunday. He quietly performed well during training camp, and it's clear he's riding a high on confidence after making the 53-man roster as one of five interior defenders. Gallimore has been an easy target for, for Cowboy fans over the years. Much of the criticism was justified, of course. It was a healthy scratch for a last year's playoff win against the Buccaneers and hasn't been able to replicate the success he, he had as a rookie. Hopefully, Sunday will serve as a springboard for Gallimore. His ascension as a consistent player would transform an already suffocating defense. Number two, Michael Gallup. Similarly to Gallimore, When's the last time you can recall Gallup stringing together consecutive strong performances? Gallup was far and away the Cowboys' best offensive player in last week's loss against Arizona. He led the team with six catches for 92 yards on seven targets. Sunday's lopsided scoreline didn't require a big showing from Prescott, but Gallup posted a respectable five catches for 60 yards. Only tight end Jake Ferguson produced more current catches and yardage than Gallup slowly but surely showing glimpses of the playmaker he was before his torn ACL. Very quietly, Gallup is Dallas's leading receiver over the last two games. It'd be great if he had a touchdown to show for it, but that should come once the offense remedies its red zone blues. Gallup has been a point of contention among Cowboy fans post-knee surgery. He still ranks near the bottom of the NFL in terms of creating separation, 
But how much does that really matter if he produces every week? Number one, De'Ron Bland. Most of Cowboys Nation recognizes how special a player Bland is. He doesn't have many critics. How could he? But folks have questioned how big of a step back Dallas's defense would take with him shifting outside in place of Trayvon Diggs. Bland struggled early against the Cardinals. He committed a long pass interference penalty on a touchdown drive and later was beat on a big third down. In a testament to his mental fortitude, he closed strong and piggybacked off that with arguably his best game as a pro against the Patriots. Bland put the game out of reach in the second quarter with a textbook pick six of Mac Jones that extended the Cowboys' lead to 28-3. Early in the third quarter, Bland jumped another Jones pass for his second interception of the game. Incredibly, less than five minutes of game time separated Bland's interceptions. He now has seven picks in his last ten games and three in four games this season. Again, tough to have critics with that level of production. But Bland quieted anyone and everyone who questioned how he'd perform in Diggs' wake. Next up, Cowboys managed to avoid disaster as the limping Micah Parsons returned from knee injury versus the Patriots. Cowboys should be counting their blessings. After releasing Randy Gregory, the Dallas Cowboys have assembled one of the finest rosters in the NFL. Like any team, though, Dallas has made some regrettable moves that set the franchise back. Trading Amari Cooper is the example most folks would point to in that regard, as it loomed large at last year's playoff loss against the 49ers. Trading Cooper paved the way for the Cowboys to negotiate an extension with pass rusher Randy Gregory who was coming off his most productive season as a pro in 2021 with six sacks, 17 quarterback hits, three forced fumbles, and 43 pressures. Gregory and Dallas ultimately agreed on a five-year five deal worth upward of $70 million with nearly $30 million guaranteed. It seemed like a gross overpay for a player who had trouble staying healthy, navigated off-field trembles early in his career, and never became the consistent game wrecker the team hoped he'd be. At the 11th hour, though, Gregory backed out of his agreement with the Cowboys and signed the same contract with the Broncos. Less than two years into that mega deal, Denver shockingly released Gregory on Wednesday to allow more opportunities for its young core. The Cowboys should be counting their blessings right now. While it stands to reason that Gregory would have been more productive the last two seasons if he stayed in Dallas, sometimes the best moves at free agencies are the ones that don't happen. At the end of the day, Gregory had three sacks in ten games with the Broncos. His injury troubles were either ugly headed and he didn't have the production to show for it, which prompted Denver to inherit dead cap hits of $16.1 million in 2023 and $6.3 million in 2024. Dorian Armstrong had as many sacks last year that Gregory has combined in the last three seasons. Armstrong signed a two-year $12 million contract with Dallas including $6 million guaranteed after the Gregory agreement went haywire. Armstrong has two sacks at four games this season and is second in the NFL with an incredible 17.2% run stuff rate per next-gen stats. He's more available and productive than Gregory for a quarter of the price. There's already heated debates on social media about whether the Cowboys should bring Gregory back to fortify an already lethal defensive front. It's tough to say if offenses can be mended after Gregory left Dallas at the altar over language in his contract 
and we wish nothing but the best for Gregory and his future endeavors. But the Broncos swooping in saved Jerry Jones and company from one of the worst contracts in modern NFL history. Let us know in the comment section below, do you think we should bring back Randy Gregory? Yes or no? And give us reasons for your answer. And now on to our next topic. Cowboys fans asking for Deuce Vaughn benching is a surprise that none of us saw coming. The Dallas Cowboys red zone offense got off to a predictably slow start against the Patriots, culminating in a miscommunication between Dak Prescott and Tony Pollard on third and one on the goal line that saw the quarterback and running back collide before Pollard was stuffed short. The offense has since rebounded in the forder, in the form of a C.D. Lamb touchdown. The fans are annoyed with Mike McCarthy yet again, following a brutal sequence in the second quarter that involved a fan favorite, Deuce Vaughn. First, McCarthy dialed up a short pass to Vaughn that produced zero yardage. It seemed near needless given the Patriots are down their top three cornerbacks after star rookie Christian Gonzalez left early with an apparent shoulder injury. Vaughn remained in the game on third down and was absolutely lost on a Patriots stunt that resulted in a sack of Prescott followed by a Cowboys punt. In a surprise nobody saw coming given Vaughn's popularity among the fan base, Cowboys Nation quietly has seen enough of number 42. Pass blocking obviously isn't Vaughn's strong suit, but the young back got crossed up and Prescott took a massive hit. As a result, getting your quarterback hit is a surefire way to lose playing time. However, and Cowboys fans wouldn't hate to see it unless the 2023 six-round pick after this tough sequence. You can't fault Vaughn at all for the failed screen pass, but he should have at least got a body on a Patriots pass rusher on third down. McCarthy should shoulder most of the blame for that. Head coach has gotten too good on a number of occasions this season, but this was a simply a lapse in concentration. Vaughn should only ever be on the field on third down. He's getting the ball are used as a decoy to deter would-be pass rushers. Having him line up in pass protection was a boneheaded call by McCarthy, given Belichick's history of blitzing on third down. Thankfully, Prescott wasn't dinged up by the hit. It'll be interesting to see Vaughn's role moving forward. His touches haven't resulted in much success this season. His eight carries went for nine yards, and his lone reception produced two yards, let alone Sunday and his limitations of pass protection are a real hindrance to the offense. And now on to our next topic. Mike McCarthy has done something that no Cowboys coach since Tom Landry has accomplished. Dallas Cowboys won on Sunday and did so in an emphatic fashion. At game's end, the scoreboard read 38-3. The third blowout victory that Dallas has experienced across the first four contests this season. Never mind that Dallas defense has scored more touchdowns in their home building than their opponents have in two games. And never mind the fact that the Cowboys handed Bill Belichick the worst loss that he has ever experienced in the NFL. Seriously. We all know that this is a one game, one week at a time proposition, and nothing served as the latest reminder of that than this time last week. A week ago, the Cowboys were coming off a humbling loss in the desert against the Arizona Cardinals. The magic and nature of sports are that. The tide can turn quickly, and that life is much easier at 3-1 than 2-2. Having a 3-1 record is a bigger deal than you realize, although maybe you don't give, don't, given that it has become somewhat commonplace around here lately. The Cowboys hold a 3-1 record with 13 games left to go on the year. 
nobody has ever won the Super Bowl by winning 75% of their first four games. So rest assured, we are not planning any sort of parade. But we made mention of how common 3-1 has become for the Cowboys just a second ago. Did you know that this is not the first season under McCarthy, who is currently in his fourth, that the Cowboys have had at least three wins through their first four games of the season? It isn't, but it isn't the second either. Cowboys have gone 3-1 and one through their first four games of each of the last three seasons. Yes, this sound, sounds oddly specific, so if you'd like, you can verbalize it as the Cowboys have won at least three of their first four games over each of the last three seasons. This may sound small and trivial, but wins matter in the NFL, and piling them up is how you put yourself in proper position to reach the playoffs. As well as absorb losses you shouldn't take like the Cardinals in Week 3. Consider that in his nine full seasons as the team's head coach, Jason Garrett's Cowboys only won three of their first four, a total of three times. And he did not have those consecutively. Looking deeper into this, there have been a lot of head coaches in franchise history who have never done this three years in a row. In fact, only one other coach has, and it was the organizations of Barry First and Tom Landry. Speaking specifically to a three-year stretch, the last time that the Cowboys won at least three of the first four of a season for three in, uh, three years in a row was 1975 to 1987. However, those were the final three years of an amazing 13-year run. Landry's Cowboys won three of their first four every year from 1975 through 1987, and he also accomplished it many times before 1975. Obviously, he is among the greatest coaches in league history. But back to McCarthy. This is another piece of information that is emblematic of the football stability that he has brought to the organization. What he is doing in terms of wins and successes is literally uncommon for this franchise in modern history. No coach is perfect, and sometimes they will lose games that they should not. We have talked about Arizona a few times already, but it is clearly that McCarthy is among the best in the league, given only three other teams. The Kansas City Chiefs, the San Francisco 49ers, and the Philadelphia Eagles have all won more regular season games in the span that we are talking about, beginning with the 2021 season. So think about that. Once more, there are no trophies handed out for being among the winningest teams in the regular season, since statues are built and streets are named after you, after you based on playoff success. But McCarthy consistently has the Dallas Cowboys in the conversation, and that is worth a lot more than nothing. Let us know your thoughts on the topics we covered in the comment section below. Is there something we missed? Something we should have covered? Let us know. Of course, if you want to support the channel, buy us coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash the big D. Your support helps the channel grow, upgrade our equipment, bring in new hosts, be able to pay them, and hopefully take this show on the road. As always, no matter what you give, it's always appreciated. Whether it's $1, $2, $5, $50, 100 anything you can give is appreciated. Of course... Don't forget, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram. Just search the Big D Breakdown. As always, thank you so much for watching and listening. We will see you next time. This has been the Big D Breakdown with your host, Larry Lees. Thank you for listening and watching. Follow us on social media at Big D Breakdown on Twitter, Facebook, New Big D Breakdown, and on Instagram. Just search the Big D Breakdown. Thank you for joining us. See you next time.